coming up where does the merrill kelly and zach gallon duo rank in all of baseball and sully baseball and i will now do our confidence power rankings for the american league which teams do we have the most trust in to make it to the world series discussing all that next <laughs> Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to those charismatic hosts of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24 at myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles, to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up the show account, Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram. And of course, we are on YouTube, Locked on Dimebacks there as well. Of course, on all podcasting platforms as well. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. Sully Baseball and I will do our our uh, confidence power rankings for the American League teams that we think are most likely to make it to the World Series and who we think could take out some of those Goliaths in the American League, who we think the Davids are in the AL. But before we get there, I thought it'd be fun to just do a little fun conversation about where does the Zach Gallen merrill Kelly frontline rotation duo rank in all of baseball compared to other duos around baseball? Where does our duo rank among the best? And I'm talking about this season, right? now how they're pitching i'm not saying overall the last five years their careers i'm saying right now who has been the best duos in baseball this season where does merrill kelly and zach gallon rank and it's not going to be a straight up one two three power ranking we're actually going to do it by tier based power ranking because i felt like that was easier to do than actually trying to rank them 10 to 1 or however so Let's first start with the top tier. And the D-backs are not in this tier. This is the tier called clearly better than the D-backs duo. And in this tier, I have the Houston Astros because if you look at the Astros, um, and before I even get into the tiers in the Astros, actually, let me talk a little bit about the D-backs frontline rotation because I want to do this topic because that Zach Gallen merrill Kelly combination, of course, has been fantastic so far this season. Zach Gallen's got a 3-1-2 ERA. Merrill Kelly's got a 2-8-6 ERA. Both got strikeouts per nine around eight. I mean, Gallen's at 8.7. Kelly's at 7.4. They've both been um, pretty elite with their whip, both at 1.1 or lower. So they've been really good at not allowing base runners. They've been solid at striking out people. I think their strength this season has not been walking people. I think their strength has been not allowing base runners via walk. I think that's been the strength of those two. And for Merrill Kelly, this is by far the best Merrill Kelly we've seen. The by far the best Merrill Kelly we've seen over the course of a full season, I should say, because if you remember, Merrill Kelly was a dominant beast back in the 2020 season, but he only made five starts, so it wasn't a full season for Merrill Kelly. And then Zach Gallen, this is probably not the best season we've seen from him because he was so dominant from 2019 to 2020, where he had that consecutive streak of going at least six innings and two earned runs or less. Like Zach Gallen to start his career was an absolute beast, but I do think he's having a really good season. There are some numbers that suggest this is, you know, a better Zach Gallen season than in the past. When you look at his home runs allowed, his hits allowed, his walks allowed, Zach Gallen's all up in those areas, but strikeouts are down. But I think by the end of the season, we could say this is the best Zach Gallen season we've ever 
ever seen because I think we've seen maybe some higher highs from Zach Allen this season than we've seen from other years because he has more seven-inning, zero-earned run, seven-strikeout performances this season than he's had in the past, you know, he has more of those performances this season than any other season so far in his past. So Zach Gallon's putting together a really good season. Maybe some of the lows are lower than what we've seen in 2019 and 2020 because 2021, you just got to erase that from Zach Gallon's career. Like, I don't know who that was last year on the mound, but that was not Zach Gallon. But 2019, 2020, 2022, Zach Gallon has looked like a frontline rotation starter. And then same for Merrill Kelly. If you take out 2021, like two of the last three years, he's looked like a frontline rotation starter as well. So where does that duo rank in all of baseball. So now let's get back to our power rankings and let's get back to our tiers. And the first tier, like I said, clearly better than Gallon and Merrill Kelly. I'm going with the Houston Astros duo of Verlander and whoever you want to put second, which is probably Framber Valdez. I mean, Verlander has arguably been the best pitcher in baseball this year at 39 years old, which is just insane. And so when you take what he's doing, which is probably going to win the Cy Young. And then Valdez has basically been as good as a Merrill Kelly or Zach Gallon this season. Like those two have been clearly better than the frontline rotation for the D-backs because Verlander has looked like the best pitcher in baseball this year. Plus you get Valdez to pitch like an ace as well. Also in this tier, I have one, two, three, four, five teams in the clearly better than the D-backs frontline rotation tier. And the second team I have here is the Dodgers. I'm not ranking these teams in order once we get in the tiers. I'm just ranking these teams by tiers. But within the tiers, I'm not going, okay, Astros are number one, Dodgers are number two within the clearly better tier. No, that doesn't matter to me. So Dodgers I got up next. And you could take any combination of Gonsolin, Urias, and Tyler Anderson because those are three starters, and two of those three, doesn't matter the combination, have probably been better than Gallon and Merrill Kelly this season. I mean, all three got a sub-275 ERA, below a one whip, below a 3.5 FIP. ERA plus is better across the board. Like, the Dodgers rotation is nasty. Kershaw went healthy. You could have thrown in that mix as well, which is absolutely insane, and they don't even have Walker Buehler right now. So the Dodgers rotation is stacked, as we know, and they definitely have a better front line rotation than the D-backs do. Next up, I have the Mets as a better duo as well because Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, I know DeGrom's been hurt for most of the year, but even when he's been healthy this year, when Scherzer's been healthy this year, like those are two of what, the five best pitchers in baseball and they're in the same rotation. That one's pretty clearly um, better than the D-backs frontline rotation. Next, I got the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, both are striking out people at higher rates than Gallon and Kelly, and both don't allow as many walks either. Both of them are pretty good at not allowing base runners. They're both two studs as well. I think they both have higher ceilings than Amaro Kelly and Zach Gallon, and I think they've had slightly better seasons as well, both those two pitchers over Kelly and Gallon. So I got the Phillies in the clearly better tier. And then my last team I have in the clearly better tier is the Toronto Blue Jays. And I remember at the beginning of the season when I was doing my preseason predictions with Sully Baseball, he had Jose Barrios winning the Cy Young, and Jose Barrios has just been a complete disaster this season for the Blue Jays, a 5-1-9 ERA and all that, but he's not in this frontline duo for the Blue Jays. It's going to be Alec Manoa, 2-5-6 ERA, 8.1 strikeouts per nine, 2.0 walks per nine, 1.022 whip. He's been phenomenal. And I'm doing Kevin Gosman, a 2.91 whip, 10.5 strikeouts per nine, 1.5 walks per nine. Like that duo, I think has been clearly better than the D-backs as well. So that's five teams I put in the clearly better than the D-backs tier. Astros, Dodgers, Mets, Phillies, and Blue Jays. So we know the D-backs don't have a top five frontline rotation, but could they have a top six to 10 rotation or at least duo in baseball? Well, the next tier is 
maybe better than. You could make an argument these duos are better than the D-backs, but if you want to tell me the D-backs are better than these duos, I wouldn't argue with you at all. The teams I have in this tier are the Atlanta Braves. Max Fried and Kyle Wright both have been great this season. I think it's pretty similar to what Gallen and uh, Kelly have done, but I think some of the advanced numbers suggest the Braves duo has been better, plus ERA plus for those two guys combined is better than the combined ERA plus for both Kelly and Gallen, and both of those guys strike out um, dudes at a higher rate than Kelly and Gallen as well, so I think I have the Braves slightly better than the D-backs. I also have the Yankees in this tier as well because, of course, Garrett Cole, I think you can make an argument, is the worst pitcher among the four, but he's still Garrett Cole. He still has a pedigree to him. I know I'm talking about this season, but even this season, he's been pretty damn good. He's been struggling his last three or four starts, so his ERA is really blown up, but he's still striking out people. I pretty much, uh, you know, I won the best rates in baseball as a starter. He's a true workhorse. Like, He's still been a beast, and Nestor Cortez has been phenomenal so far. He's great at striking out people and not allowing a lot of base runners as well. So I think the Yankees' frontline duo might be slightly better than the D-backs as well. But like I said, you can make the D-backs. The the D-backs do have an argument over the Yankees' frontline duo. And then the next two teams in this tier, Padres and Giants, two NLS rivals. And the Padres, of course, you Darvish, Joe Musgrove. Both of them, if you look at the numbers from Musgrove and Darvish, like just the raw numbers, they're so identical to what the D-backs are doing. But I think because Darvish and Musgrove are a little bit more workhorse people, a little bit more of a strikeout artist, those two, I'm going to slightly put them above the D-backs. Same with the Giants, because I think basically Giants, Padres, and D-backs, their front line, you know, their top two in those rotations, I think they basically all performed as a wash, but because the Padres and Giants got two dudes that are, are a little bit more adept at striking out opposing batters, which I think is a very important skill in today's game, I'm putting them slightly better than the D-backs, but if you want to tell me the D-backs are better, I would not argue with you. And next up, I have the baseline tier, and in the baseline tier, this is teams I think you can't really say you're better than the D-backs, but you can't really say you're worse than the D-backs. This is kind of the cutoff point. This is kind of where I f- kind of fit the D-backs um, among all these rotations. Like you could put the D-backs in the better, in the maybe better than category with the Braves and the Yankees and Padres and Giants, but the D-backs are probably more likely in this tier, the baseline tier, and that is the Tampa Bay Rays and the Chicago White Sox because the Rays, they have Shane McClanahan, who's been a beast this year, at one point was going to win the Cy Young Award, but Justin Verlander has completely overtaken that race, but I just don't like the Rays number two. Like They have dudes that are performing at a at a pretty high level to um, qualify and be better than the D-backs. I just don't love the options despite the production that they're putting up. I mean, it's either Drew Razman or Jeffrey Springs, and those guys just have way less innings pitched than a Kelly and a Zach Allen. Those guys haven't even cracked 100 innings pitched this season. So that's why I'm like, I can't put them in the maybe better than category than the D-backs. The other team is the Chicago White Sox, and the White Sox, like their frontline duo probably has performed better than the, uh, than the D-backs, but... Um, I just couldn't do it because Dallas, not Dallas Keuchel, um, I don't even know why, former Chicago White Sox Dallas Keuchel, but Dylan Cease, I mean, he's been a freaking stud this year, sub-2 ERA, 12.2 strikeouts per nine. He's been an absolute stud, but the second best starter in that rotation has probably been Johnny Cueto with 2.91 ERA, but it's like... He's Johnny Cueto. He's 36 years old. He doesn't really strike out people. And yes, 
in the spirit of the exercise, I should probably have the frontline duo of the White Sox ahead of the D-backs. But no, we're going to put them in the same tier because I got to make these power rankings, and that's what I'm doing. And then some teams I had slightly under the D-backs in the honorable mention category is the Seattle Mariners. I love Luis Castillo, but Robbie Ray, I don't think, has been better than Gallon or Merrill Kay this season. Marlins, I got in there. Sandy Alcantara is probably the Cy Young Award winner, but I don't think Pablo Lopez has been better than Gallon or Merrill Kelly. The Guardians were really close. Maybe they should be in the White Sox raised tier with Tristan McKenzie and um, Shane Bieber, but I feel like the D-backs frontline duo has been better than those two. And then the Milwaukee Brewers with uh, Corbin Burns and probably Brandon Woodruff. Like Corbin Burns, there, there really hasn't been an elite number two for the Brewers this season, which has been kind of surprising when you have Woodruff and Peralta and all those guys. So that's why I have them behind the D-backs as well. But the D-backs probably, I mean, I have five teams clearly ahead of them. I have one, two, three, another four teams maybe better than them. And then after that, you could say the D-backs have the 10th best duo in all of baseball when you look at frontline rotation starters. So that works out for the D-backs. And when doing this exercise, you realize there's a lot of good one and two combinations in all of baseball. And the D-backs got a little bit more work to do from Gallant and Merrill Kelly if they want to crack that top five and get into that Dodgers-Astros-Mets range. And I think they could do it one day because I think Zach Gallant could tap into another level as he gets a little bit older, as he matures a little bit more in baseball. So D-backs right now, they're probably not a top five duo in baseball with Gallant and Kelly, but you could definitely make the argument that they're top 10. Now, we're going to discuss American League power rankings for teams that we feel are most trustworthy to make it to the World Series. And when you win a World Series, you get a World Series ring. And speaking of rings, if you want some fine jewelry for yourself, you need to head to BlueNile.com because whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, fine jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. BlueNile is simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. BlueNile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind, just like her. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile had jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, let's move on to the American League right now. Um, well, I think one, two very interesting things have emerged. The Yankees have not been playing well for the last month. They won yesterday against Seattle, but that ended a five-game losing streak. And they've been playing sub-500 ball for over a month now. Now, they're still on pace to win like 100, 304 games, which every single Yankee mm -hmm. fan would have taken. But they have allowed the Astros, and the Astros haven't exactly been playing like world beaters. You know, they're on a two-game losing streak going into this game against Texas. They've split their last 10 games, but they trail the Yankees by only a single game. The assumption that the Yankees are going to have home field advantage in the American League Championship Series is not accurate. 
They, yeah. it all it will take for the final, like, I think it's 55 games, 52, whatever it is, the final number of games that they have, the Astros have to play two games better than New York, and they will have home field advantage in the ALCS. That's not asking yeah. a lot. And the Astros have, you know, the Yankees have had some pitching issues, mm-hmm. and they traded away Jordan Montgomery, mm-hmm. which which has helped St. Louis, thank you very much. And uh, Frankie Montas has stunk his first outing, which is a red flag because everyone thought, you know, Jeff Weaver and some other people were going to be aces when they got acquired. And uh, Sonny Gray, all these times the Yankees picked up an ace. It doesn't always work out that way. I love Houston's pitching. I love Verlander, Urquidy, uh, you know, Javier, you know, uh, uh, Christian Javier. I love what they're doing with their pitching staff. They've also bolstered their bullpen. Um Right now, I think the World Series is going to be – I think New York's in the World Series. It's just going to be a Yankee fan nightmare because it's going to be their their nemesis, the Astros, and the Mets are the two teams that I think are the teams to beat in the American League and National League playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the Astros are in the Yankees' heads mentally. And when you look at that Astros team, like you said, they're stacked with that rotation. Like, at the deadline, like, they were willing to sell off when they're starting pitchers because they're like, we need more offense in our lineup. And we're, like, actually too stacked in a rotation. We actually have two members, so let's go out there and get a bat. They didn't really do that, but they were able to get Christian Vasquez, who's a really good player, of course, mm-hmm. from the Boston Red Sox. And you look at the New York Yankees. Basically, over the last month, their pitching has really taken a step back. They were, like, a 2.7 ERA in the first half of the season. It's like above a four in the second half and their most expensive dude Garrett Cole has really struggled post all-star break post all-star break three starts for Garrett Cole 18 innings pitch 14 earned runs seven ERA flat he just has not been good post all-star break and you gotta wonder is Garrett Cole you know slowing down a little bit in the second half even last year if you look at his numbers he did seem to slow down a little bit in the second half people attributed to the sticky stuff crackdown but maybe he's actually just throwing his arm out in the first half throwing too much gas you know just using too much energy and then just bringing down in the second half it is something to watch because you remember in that wild card game last year against the red sox Garrett Cole wasn't great in the postseason last year and so he, if didn't, last, him, he didn't get to the third yeah he didn't get to the third inning so if you're paying him 35 to 40 million a year whatever it is for Garrett Cole whatever crazy money he's making like you need him to step up and like you said Jordan Montgomery's gone too Domingo Herman has not been good post all-star break Jameson well yeah, Herman pitched okay his last game to be okay. fair Herman, Herman did pitch pretty well his last game I mean, I'm just looking at the yeah I'm looking at the yeah, overall numbers I know. I, I, Herman pitched okay the last game, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is no longer. This is clearly still a playoff team in New York. Yeah, I, you know, they're they're not gonna they're they not gonna blow up. Yeah, they're not gonna blow a, a ten game lead in the loss column to Toronto. Okay. Um, that being said, is this necessarily a team that you would look at as a front runner to win the pennant, or is this going to be a soft one hundred wins? that, you know, they got off to the great start and then they, you know, coasted in, will they be able to turn it back on? Uh, I would, head to head, I would much rather have Houston. If for no other reason games, if you get, you hand the ball to Verlander in game seven, I would want Verlander. I mean, it's funny. Verlander now is still the best choice in a game seven, but he really, he, he really is. He still is. He's nasty. It's insane how nasty Verlander is at 39, 173 year, right? But for the Yankees, like, 
I think they had a very good deadline, of course, acquiring guys like Van Tendi and dudes like that. But the most, maybe the biggest questionable trade of the deadline was that Jordan Montgomery trade to the Cardinals because it was basically like, it felt like a salary dump. Like, I didn't understand why the Yankees were moving off on their better pitchers and getting back Harrison Bader, who was like already injured and really not that productive of an offensive player. Like, he can still bases, but he doesn't really do anything with his bat. So I just didn't understand the, the Yankees just losing depth in their rotation really for not really a good reason. You're not really getting back a quality uh, position player. Um, either way, that's going in your lineup and making a difference. So I don't know why the Yankees were like, let's get worse in our rotation as we're gearing up for the postseason because now you're looking at their starters. They're starting to take a step back, and it's like, yeah, I could really use a Jordan Montgomery in my rotation right now. Sully and I will continue that conversation of power-ranking American League teams of who can make it to the World Series, but are you overworking your liver because... Did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets, rich in unhealthy processed foods, and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. But now, it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low on energy all the time. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long term. As a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Curb Fit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, make it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to Liver Health Formula. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB now to get started. This American League, the way it's set up, is absolutely primed for a David to take out a Goliath. Mm. If you take a look at a a team like Toronto, who will probably make the postseason, you could see the Blue Jays getting hot for a couple of weeks. You could see Tampa Bay getting hot for a couple of weeks. I could see, you know, Seattle potentially could be, hey, we got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And find themselves in that position. The Ameri- the the true wild card is not the wild card, but actually the American League Central. With all the things going on, with the the White Sox turned upside down all year long, people calling for the firing of Tony La Russa, and all the things that have gone wrong with Cleveland this year. As of this recording, Cleveland's one game behind Minnesota. And the White Sox are only three games back in the loss column out of first place of Minnesota. And Minnesota's playing L.A. Minnesota is playing the best team in baseball right now. All it will take is a modest losing streak by Minnesota against Los Angeles. And Cleveland and the White Sox playing well against Detroit and Kansas City, respectively. And we could potentially see a three-way tie 
in the American League Central in mid-August. And then that just becomes, then it's no longer about, let's analyze the staff, let's analyze the lineup. Then it's just, let's see how it plays out. As long, yeah. And you could, I'll just say one last thing. If a team like Cleveland sneaks in, wins the AL Central, has shrugs and says, no one expected us to be here, with a decent pitching staff that they have, that's the exact type of team that can play David to a Goliath in a postseason series. You look skeptical. Yeah, we'll see about that because I like the Chicago White Sox the last couple of years as like my dark horse team out the AL Central, and they just completely crapped the bed both postseasons and just never lived up to any expectation I had of them. So I think whoever comes out the AL Central will probably, you would think they could be a David. You would be like, oh, this team, they could be a sleeper. Maybe they can knock off the Yankees or the Astros. Then they get in the postseason. You're like, yeah, this is why they were in the AL Central fighting for that division lead up until the last day. And I do not want to see a three-way tie on the last day, on the last day of the season. I do not need a game 163. What's the point? Point of playing 162 games if you need 163rd game. Tim Kirchner has told me 162 is the perfect formula for a baseball season. Well, if that's the case, then there should never be a tie on the final game of the season, but that's a different rant for another day. And for the White Sox, I just want to make a quick point. Tim Anderson, it seems like he's going to be out four to six weeks. I saw our guy Nash over at Locked on Twins. I think he put out a stat today. At basically, like the last three years when Tim Anderson plays for the White Sox, they're on like a 95-1 pace. But when he doesn't play for the White Sox, they're on like a 78-1 pace. So the White Sox season might just come down to whether Tim Anderson is playing or not. And with him being out four to six weeks over this stretch run, like you said, very important. Try and get into the postseason two and a half games back of that division lead. Without Tim Anderson there, you might just have to call it a wrap for the White Sox season. Well, look at you. Look at you. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, look at I I I don't have faith. That. I don't have faith in the twins in the postseason series. Uh I just think that Look, at, I still think Houston's going to win the American League pennant, but I would be intrigued by a Cleveland team with a good pitching staff and nothing to lose. Can nothing I give you lose. the real sleeper? Can I give you the real sleeper in the American sure. League? Give it, I don't give think it. Any, just throw out the Central. I don't even care about that division. Yeah, I don't even care who makes the postseason out that division. I'm never going to watch any of those playoff games because I think okay, the, fine. Essentials mean those. That's my hot take. Bah, bah, bah. But the team that I think is a sleeper is the Seattle Mariners. That's my team after acquiring Luis Castillo. They, of course, have a bunch of their lineups, are, a bunch of players in their lineup. They're having kind of down seasons with the Winkers and Suarez's, but I still think they got a bunch of professionals in that lineup. You got the rookie, Julio Rodriguez. You got Ty France, who's been solid. And now Robbie Ray has started to pick it up in the second half. Logan Gilbert's had a good season. You throw in a little Luis Castillo. Their bullpen's been nasty this year. I think their pitching staff from top to bottom has the makeup to be a postseason pitching staff if you could get a couple of those guys in the lineup to come along for the ride maybe winker heats up maybe a suarez heats up with the julio rodriguez i like the mariners as my sleeper team in the american league if i had to pick someone not named the astros or the yankees um to maybe take out one of those goliaths as you say and that would be really interesting because if the mariners win the pennant then that would mean every single franchise in baseball will have been to at least one World Series. Because right now, the Mariners remain the only team wow. in Major League Baseball to have never hosted a World Series. So there you go. Break All right, well, look at the World Series. That would be a crazy <laughs> series. That would be something else. I, I do believe there's part of me would just love, love, love to see uh, 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 Mets versus the uh, – Astros World Series because mm-hmm. you know 
that either Buck Showalter or Dusty Baker will have a World Series ring when all is said and done. Well, look it. All is said and done with you. All is said and done with me. We had another really great session here. Miller Thomas, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. Follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24. Follow the show account, Locked on Dimebacks. Just search it up on Twitter and Instagram. We're on YouTube, of course, Locked on Dimebacks. And, of course, we're on all your podcasting platforms. You can find us at Locked on MLB Pods for Twitter and Instagram. And I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast and Instagram. Looking at the post-trade deadline landscape and seeing, do you know what? We could be in for a little bit of chaos provided the teams that pushed all their chips to the center of the table and said, let it ride, are seeing it ride away. Not in the good way as the curse of Eric Hosmer falls upon mm. the city of San Diego. This has been the lockdown. It will be locked on Diamondbacks crossover. That's Miller Thomas. I'm your pal, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. We're going to fist pump this baby right now. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Thank you everyone who tuned into today's podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Should have a crossover with Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates. Hopefully the D-backs get the dub tonight and they're able to take care of the series. As always, stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day. Lockdown MLB with our pal Sully Baseball. And as always, deuces.